Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast via Sports Canada. I'm your host, Wim Lu. This is the third episode of the Canadian Women's Olympic National Team reaction podcast and for the second time in three games in the group stages Canada has lost this time losing to Spain by a score of 76 to 66 I think it was quite clear if you watched this game that Spain was better um, I think that's not a surprise they were the favorites coming into this one Spain is a much more accomplished side um, they had gotten silver last time around in the Olympics so you know, they were a better team and, and they kind of just came out and showed it. I mean, you know, if if anything, if you just look at things like uh, field goal percentage, Spain shot 59% for the game, Canada shot 38%, two-point field goals, which was the huge differential here. Neither team shot that many threes. Both teams shot it pretty well, 5 of 11 for Canada, 4 of 9 for Spain, but not a lot of attempts. The big difference is Spain shot 62% on twos. Again, they shot 19 of 53, which is 36%. So a huge difference. And, um, you know, Spain was just a lot better. I think their execution was a lot stronger. They held their composure more than Canada. I felt like Canada lost their composure at the start of the game and didn't have a good start whatsoever. Um, and in the third quarter, especially, Canada was... I mean, nothing short of disastrous, I would say, because Canada was playing from behind for most of the first half, which is about what you would expect. But, you know, gets in a halftime with a six-point deficit, not the worst. How do you respond in the third quarter? Are you going to really close in and make it a game, or are you going to capitulate? And that's what happened with Canada. Canada, uh, it was an awful start to the, the quarter, as, about as bad as you can get. And what I mean by that is they had two points in the first six minutes or so of the quarter. Spain went on a 9 nothing run at the start of it. Just kept pushing, just kept forcing Canada into turnovers. They committed like five turnovers in that stretch. Committed some fouls too. Like, it was just awful. And just even basic things Canada wasn't getting right. And maybe that's where the experience factor comes in because, you know, I think the Spanish side made very few mistakes. You know, um, you know they, they mostly kept their head. And executed their plays, even when Canada made, you know, uh, runs or stuff like that, threatened to maybe come back into the game. Spain will come in with a response. A very mature team, whereas Canada made 
a lot of mistakes um, over the course of the game. I mean, even basic things, for example, like post-entry passes getting picked off. Like, that shouldn't really happen. Um, you know, just live ball turnovers. You know, they're trying to break down the defense. You know, you're too little, too loose with the ball, gets poked away. Boom, all of a sudden it's going the other way. You have no chance to defend that transition layup. That's costly. You got Canada missing a point-blank layup on one end and then going in transition the other way. Spain gets a layup, four-point swing. You have possessions like Canada has the ball with the shot clock turned off right before halftime. And instead of holding the possession until you got a good shot, or at least if you're going to take a shot to give possession back to the other team there, you have to make sure that it's an open shot and it's a good shot. But instead, Canada, you know, pitches it ahead. It's a one-on-one between Canada center and Spain center. And Spain center Endor, she was dominant throughout the course of this game. Six foot four. Uh, very athletic, very good touch as well and layups and stuff like that, but really good defensively. And, um, you know, Canada decides to drive in for a contested layup, you know, gets blocked. And then Spain has the last possession with like 13 seconds left instead of Canada holding off a lot of shot. Now, luckily, Canada didn't get burned there. Spain couldn't really execute their play at the end there, the first half, but just those small errors. And, and, and you know, it was a very sloppy game from Canada in that perspective. I mean, I don't think Canada has been high turnover in the last. In the, in the first two games, for the most part, they were the ones forcing the turnovers. They were the more aggressive ones. But, you know, in this game, a lot of unforced errors. But even having said all that, even with that terrible third quarter, even with all that stuff being said, Canada still kind of made this a game. And what I mean by that is they came within six points three different times in the fourth quarter. And I don't care what happened in the course of the game. If you can be in a six-point game, that's two possessions in the fourth quarter with six, seven, eight minutes to go, you're in the game. You are in the game. And the way Canada got back into the game here was, you know, Coach Tomitis realizes my veterans aren't going to cut it for me here, uh, especially with Natalia Chanwa. Even though she's really good, even though she's, you know, uh, a very accomplished player, obviously one of Canada's best players, starting center, things like that, but... You needed speed in this game. You needed speed. You needed youth. And a lot of Canada's veterans weren't getting it done. And the ones that were getting it done were were players like, you know, Shania Pellington, who was, you know, even though uh, she didn't make a single field goal, the course of the game, she just kept pressuring the ball. She kept driving downhill, kept drawing fouls on the opponent, uh, forcing going downhill. I mean, you know, the the big issue here was, was Spain had, you know, the biggest player on the floor, with Endor and, and Pellington was able to drive downhill uh, and, and draw two fouls on her. Um, you know, Letitia Ami here is is not typically Canada's first choice here. Usually, you know, she could be a third choice, really, considering the fact that you have Achanwa starting and you have Kayla Alexander as your primary backup. But in this one here, Letitia played a huge role. Her athleticism, her quickness, her tenaciousness was important. I, I mean, there are things you can pick at. Like, I, I think, you know, she just has missed a number of layups here and throughout the course of the tournament that have been a little bit disappointing uh, considering their layups. But uh, she, her hustle was great. Her speed was great. She's able to drive downhill, put the ball on the floor, one dribble, get to the rim. You know, probably Canada's tallest player. is definitely Canada's most, like, vertically threatening player in that sense, and um, she played a, a really good game here, and if anything, she could have played more minutes, considering she was, you know, a plus, 
let's see what plus minus here. Yeah, she was a plus twelve. Meanwhile, Chanwa was a minus fifteen. That wasn't working. Shea Cauley wasn't really working. So again, you know, mostly Canada's veterans weren't fully there for Canada. So they needed to go with some speed, some youth. And when they did that, and they pressured the ball, that made a huge difference. Spain uh, had a stretch there in the in the in the end of the third quarter, start of the fourth quarter, where Canada just kept digging into the ball. Kept forcing turnovers, kept making, you know, hustle plays, putbacks, stuff like that. And they were able to make it a game. And there were a couple of key possessions there where Canada was looking really, really, really good. And I'm not saying that I thought Canada was going to win the game because you kind of figure you're not going to win the game forcing turnovers at the end of the game. You're going to need to execute still. And I didn't feel confident in Canada's execution offensively. But at least they could get into the game, force a tie, see what happens. Maybe you have enough momentum to push you ahead so far that maybe the game is out of reach for Spain. And it was looking that way, right? Kia Nurse, uh, you know, Man, Kianers had a weird game, but you know was very big in important moments. Nails a three as a buzzer beater. It was a broken play for Canada. The ball squirts out to Kianers. She just happens to nail the three, you know. Uh, and then you know she steps in for a charge. Right after that, they have a drive. The the shot doesn't go in, but Amy here is right there for the putback layup. They're down six points at this point. This is like eight minutes up in the fourth quarter. Totally doable. Canada has all the momentum. They've cut a 15-point lead, 17-point lead down to six. It's looking great. Their strategy's working. They're pressuring Spain. They're making, you know, errors and stuff like that. But then Spain, their quick guard, Rodriguez, um, you know, she she drives downhill from the corner, uh, drives through the contact, gets an and one. I mean, that was a really, really tough play. But then Canada responds. Bridget Carlton with an and one drive of her own, kind of similar fashion. Uh, along the baseline, attacking a closeout and one against the defense is slow to you know get there. You're back down to six. Pretty good play. And then Spain responds once again. It's still a six-point game. The ball rotates around with Spain. They move the ball beautifully. Um, and I believe it went out to Torrens. And she shoots a three. It's contested. It's deep. The three rolls around Kawhi Leonard style. Drops to the basket. So, damn it, Candace down nine again. You know, to have a response. Well, then Spain commits a defensive error. Kia Nurse is left wide open for three. She pulls from three because they both, for some reason, both Spanish defenders went under on the screen. They can make any sense. Kia's left all alone. She caches the three at the top of the floor. And you're like, okay, it's still back to a six-point game. Canada's really got this game open here. They have a real chance to go down. And then what happens? Well, Canada, you know, Spain calls timeout. They count on the play for, you know, to, to get a three. You know, Canada is completely lost defensively. Nobody covering the three-point shot. Spain gets a wide-open three, catches it. It's nine points. And then from that point on, just a litany of errors from Canada. You know, they can't even pass the ball to each other. They're not really looking at each other. They're playing bad defensively. You know, um, you got Bridget Carlton, who's probably Canada's most impactful player, if not the sec- at least second most impactful player. She gets back cut on defense, which she has been really good on defense throughout this whole tournament. That was disappointing to see. For a layup, you got Canada missing, you know, um, or you got Canada making a layup, which, you know, <laughs> was very hard to do over the course of this game, but at least they made the layup. But then Canada on the transition play, even though it's not even an actual live ball, uh, they get beaten down the floor with, uh, you know, the Spain center, Endor, getting downhill. And I think Kia was in position, kind of, but she wasn't there to stop the play or even foul. And, you know, they score a layup. 
Then Canada's intensity drops off defensively because A, Spain kind of knows what's happening. They're anticipating the traps. They're passing through the traps instead of trying to uh, dribble through the traps, which is usually the better way to deal with them. Their position was a lot better too. And also Canada just got tired. The intensity that they showed was not good. And then I also thought the substitution wasn't really smart there because as much as I know that Canada, throughout the course of this tournament, Coach Demidas' strategy has been to make quick subs with pretty much everybody except for Bridget Carlton and Kia Nurse. Those two are basically just expected to play the whole game. If they need to come out for like two minutes, fine. But otherwise, they're playing the whole game. You know, Every single game, those two uh, played at least 70 combined minutes in the backcourt. Um but for everyone else, they kind of sort of uh, sub in and out. And even though Canada was having a lot of success with Amahir and with uh, you know Pellington, the two more younger athletic players at the point and on the center, you know they get subbed out. And you know as much as I think Natalia Chanwa has been uh, really tough throughout this course of the tournament, you know obviously having the knee knee brace on with the MCL injury just recently, she's not really moving that fast. It's not that fast of a player anyway. Uh, but she comes in and, you know, the defense, you can't, you just can't play the same intensive defense. You just can't play the same defense the way you can with someone who's a lot younger, a lot springier, a lot healthier, a lot more athletic. Um, and yeah, Canada's defense drops in intensity and then basically Spain clinches the game from there. And, you know, it's, um, it's disappointing in the sense that like, I, I think, I, I think I'm just really, really sick of seeing the same games. Um, and I'm not even kidding. Like it's, um, it's, it's disappointing because, you know, if you were a Canadian basketball fan and you have watched the Toronto Raptors this season, you have seen a lot of games like this. Uh, if you were, if if you're a fan of the national team, the men's side, you've seen a lot of games like this, you know, in the uh, qualifying tournament, which is why they weren't able to get to the Olympics this year. Uh, you saw, this same pattern play out with the Canadian women's team just now, right now in the Olympics. And I mean four commonalities that have just driven me nuts about watching basketball in Canada or related to Canada in the last, you know, year and a half, basically. Uh, number one, no size at all to guard bigs. Um, it, it, in this team in particular, we saw it, uh, you know, there was a weakness against South Korea. South Korea was bricks from three wide open shots. Nobody could hit anything, but they were still kind of in the game for three and a half quarters because they had a six foot six center and Canada just had no ability to deal with that. Now, at least in that sense, Park, Park Jisoo was, was more of these bigger, slower, more of like a half court type of center, but they're not going to beat you with outstanding hustle or positioning. Um, so Canada was able to at least take it to her offensively, and you saw Canada's center scoring. And Natalia Chawa making some jumpers. Akil Alexander came in, gave them a nice little boost there. Uh, they were able to at least neutralize or at least give back some of that production. But then, in this game against Spain, you run into a 6-4 center who can move a little bit, who has some good touch, who can really guard. And all of a sudden, Canada can't do anything. Just no size at all to guard these bigs. They mostly had to rely on Amy here. And as much as, you know, I, I just criticized Coach, or not criticized, but just pointed out that Tomitis, Coach Tomitis subbed her out at a very important time where Canada started to lose. Um, you know, you're also not relying on her to give you that much production because she's the third string center, mostly there for energy, not really that reliable offensively uh, outside of hustle plays like, I don't. I, I understand the substitution, but the end point is no true big, right? And again, you look at that commonality with the Raptors. What did we see this season? 
It was Aaron Baines. It was Alex Len. It was Chris Boucher playing center, which, you know, he's not a center. But he was by far the Raptors' best center. But he was not a center, clearly. Uh, you know, man, later on in the season, at least we got Freddie Gillespie and, and Ken Birch. But, you know, no one would exactly say those guys are all-star centers. Clearly they're not. Um, so that's point number one. Just no size at all to guard bigs, right? And we saw in the men's team with Canada, too. Dwight Powell getting into foul trouble in that third game against Czech Republic. And then some random guy comes in. And I don't even know he's random. But in any case, I've never heard of him. Um, 19 points, 19 rebounds and 14 points. Canada really struggled with the size in that one, okay? So that's point number one. Just no size at all to guard true bigs. Number two. A lot of small guards unable to finish. And you look at Canada here today, you know, they were driving in. There's lots of lots of plays where they're driving downhill and trying to force some pressure, but just not a lot of plays being finished. Um, you know, I, I think that especially when you look at some of their guards that needed to, to finish here, you know, Pellington, at least she got to the free throw line, but 0 for 3 from the field, that's not good. Uh, you look at Shea Cauley, 7 minutes, not even able to get a shot off, minus 17 in 7 minutes. That's really disappointing. You know, you've got Naira Fields, 3 of 10, including 3 of 9 from two-point range, unable to finish. And again, this probably ties into not having, a, not having you know, size to contend with a big, but they didn't have the guards to finish over and, and really threaten bigs either. And then, you know, you know, again, you look at the way Team Yanda played, how much they, from the men's side, how much did you see from Corey Joseph, you know, in some of these games here, you know, like... They, their guard play was was not up to snuff, um, and, and you know I think with 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 the Raptors, even though can't you know the Raptors had good guards, I would say Kyle and Fred were two of the three best players on that team. I don't I think everyone will agree, but small guards unable to finish at the basket, unable to create their own shot consistently. That was one of the issues with the Canadian national team here as well, the women's side. So that's two no size of center, uh, small guards unable to finish. Number three long droughts from three, and and in this game at least Canada shot. What five of eleven from three? So that that's you know a good percentage, I guess you would say that because that's forty five percent. But I'm telling you, I don't think Canada's made more than five threes in any of the three games so far, which is bad. At least this game, they were repeatedly taken inside, weren't even willing to take threes, which you know might say something again about the fact that you know they they just weren't confident in the three because in the previous couple of games they were shooting in the twenties percentage wise. Just long, long droughts from three. It's just the three is not even a real weapon for this Canadian team, which is disappointing. Uh, and again, you saw that with the, the men's side; they were really, really tough from three in that game against Czech Republic when they lost. And, and of course, if you've seen the Raptors, uh, long droughts from three was not uncommon there as well. And then the fourth point is just just the inability to execute in crunch time. You know, like there was there's a lot of like scrambling and good pressure to get back into the game, but when it really comes down to like, okay, we need a bucket, we need to execute, we just need professional plays on both ends of the floor, not like. Not, not not to discount any of people's effort. I'm just mean the like more gimmicky plays, like you know trapping full court or like you know the ball gets over the half court, you know sending two to the ball, uh, you know and, and and really trying to jump every single pass and, and sort of trying to leave people open basically, but you're trying to beat them with the rotations. That's really hard to do in crunch time. And Spain was able to really execute, really make good plays, sound plays. Offense, defense, offense, defense. Five, six plays in a row, no mistakes. Whereas Canada just couldn't even go like three plays without breaking down somehow. Whether that's, 
you know, misconnecting on a pass and the ball, you know, being going, um, changing possessions or you're not even getting the right sets to, 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 to come off here, not getting the right shots off, people not knowing specifically how much time's left on the shot clock, being unaware, and then defensively making a couple errors in terms of like, you can't, I mean, you can't. How do you have a leak out transition layup that of, of the opposing center beating your guard down the floor in the last five minutes of a game? And just the one simple hit ahead pass and the big's able to finish at the rim. Like how? Like in the last five minutes, that's not acceptable at any level of basketball. So lots of mistakes in crunch time, which again you saw with Team Canada. What I mean, they had that great minute. They had that literally one good minute uh, in that Czech Republic game at the end where they miraculously came back, but then in overtime, they made, like, one basket. Literally one basket. And that's why they lost. Not not, not not anything else. They made one basket in five minutes. And then, of course, I don't even need to say what the Raptors. They were, like, one of the worst crunch time teams in the NBA. Period. And they had, obviously, a lot of shots rim out. So, I, I, what I'm trying to say is, if you have heard this podcast, in which I've covered the Raptors in the Canadian men's national team, and the Canadian women's national team, You've heard the same thing. Like, literally, you guys are listening to, like, reruns at this point. And this is, like, I'm the, I'm talking about this more than Ross is talking about trying to get together with Rachel at this point. Like, it, it's it's bad. It's bad. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm a little frustrated watching these games. Now, having said all that, I do think that there is still a very small chance that Canada could come through here. And a couple of things, you know, might go their way, kind of, like... I guess Korea would need to beat Serbia, which that's probably not happening. We saw Korea. We saw Serbia. Serbia is definitely a better team. Um, you know, okay, so that's that's one way. Or Canada would need to basically go through on point differential. Now, the one good thing that Canada's women's team... Well, not the one good thing. That's not fair to the, to the efforts. But the one thing working in their favor, despite having a 1-2 and two record, is that they beat Korea by 20 points which really buffs up their point differential. Um, Canada lost here by 10. Very important here. I mean, Anali Achawa made a putback layup with like two seconds left to, to to cut the deficit to 10. And that's important because point differential really matters. So that, that, that putback layup could really be the difference between Canada going through to the quarterfinals or Canada going home in the group stage. Um, but they lost, I think, by five to Serbia, and they lost by here. So they still have a positive point differential. So it is possible that Canada makes it through on one of the wild cards, but we'll see. Their 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 fate is really not in their own hands right now, and and it's you know without the games obviously being played, I can't even tell you what's supposed to happen. But in any case, it's a disappointing effort. And really, when you look at this Canadian team, I think there's some good things about it, but I, I think it's a, a bit of a team without an identity in a way. Um, we've seen them play really up tempo, really high pressure, you know, and and we've seen that work to some degree. Game one, they forced twenty eight turnovers, that was great. Uh, they just couldn't execute offensively, and they, they, you know, again, they were just terrible offensively um, outside of transition. And then in the in the Korea game, still not very good offensively, but they got twenty offensive rebounds. So how terrible are you really when you can get twenty? Offensive rebounds. You're going to win the possession battle there. Also, Korea had like two good players and they got tired. So so they, they beat Korea and they beat Korea by a lot. Although that game was really like two or three possession game for most of the game until Korea gave up late. Because again, they got tired. And then in this game, trailing from behind against Spain. But you could tell the difference between a really good team, like an actually good team and a team that is really trying to be a good team. Because there's a big, big difference. I think there was like a real quality to the way Spain played. 
Um, obviously, they had more size, but they just played better as a team. Their execution was a lot better. You know, they would swing the ball from side to side. And when you notice the ball swings to one side of the floor to the other, there's the, the timing of everything is good. The team is coordinated. As soon as the ball reaches the other side, the screen is there for this. At the same time, the ball touches the guard's hands. The screen is there for the guard. The guard can then use the screen, attack. It's fluid. If you've seen any, like, really good team sports, you know, obviously a lot of teams have talent. A lot of teams have abilities to, like, make shots or finish plays or sort of connect. But it's how quickly you can move, um, how quickly you can execute, and how much you just know each other. And, and the Spanish team, they just know each other really well. Their execution is really solid. You know, of course, they had some bailout shots and stuff like that, and they have a lot more talent, You, I would say. But, I mean, they were just... They, they were just better and then Canada was and it, it's it's tough because Canada was a lot more driving to sort of play for the whistle um, because truthfully they couldn't really finish over top of the size that Spain was able to do and once Can- Spain realized what Canada was really doing they're really just dropping back sagging out the paint and really just cutting it off I mean they weren't even contesting threes at certain points which did hurt them because you do want to contest against Kia Nur. she is a very good shooter but like the rest of Canada's team, the like Kia Nurse had four threes, which which was good. I mean, she finally got the threes going. I, I, earlier in the tournament, she had she had not been good from three. Uh, Bridget Carlton got hit a three, but literally nobody else hit a single three, and there was no threat there, right? So obviously, Spain's going to realize that over the course of the game, start to shrink the floor, and they were able to do that, and 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 Canada wasn't able to get downhill. So, you know, I think there's some things that's nice about the Canadian team. There's some young players. You know, they got some. You know, there's some liveliness to them. Um, you know, I would say certain times they have more athletic advantages, although it's not that prominent. Um, but you know, it, it shows up in small things like, you know, if you're if you're gonna try to, I don't know, drive downhill off a of pick and roll, and it's it's one on one for the most part, without help, or at least help comes over late at the rim. You know, Canada, some of Canada's guards are able to get past that first player and, and really shift in that space and get and get to that spot before the defense gets there. That, that is important functional athleticism, but it's not the kind of athleticism where, like, possession after possession, you're dominating, and that's an advantage. Um, and and that w- it wasn't enough overwhelming athleticism from Canada where that their size advantage wasn't there because the size advantage hurt Canada in all three games. And that's where you do, you know, feel a lack of size. You really do. Um, and that's disappointing. But, you know, um, you, you can also look at sort of what they got from their star players. And obviously, Kia Nurses has such a huge burden to carry for this team. Um, and, you know, she has stepped up repeatedly, right? But I think through the three games so far, the only really, the, the true honest thing to say is that Kia has been disappointing in those three games. And again, every single team in the in, in the other side is going to be locked in on Kia. That's going to be the first option. You know, like, they're going to really try to take her out of the game. And I thought Spain played some really good defense, ball denial, you know, uh, preventing Kia from even touching the ball, right? We saw other games where Kia would shoot 18 times, 14 times. She got shot 10 times today. Like, that just wasn't enough. And seven of those were threes. So not a lot of aggression, the same aggression that you would see from Kia. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, I, I think... It, you would have wanted better performances from Kia. If Kia shot the ball better in game one, where she was like 5 of 18, when Canada loses in a one or two possession game, that could change a lot of things, right? Um, you know, you, you have this game here where she took one shot in the first quarter and it was like, okay, well then you're going to have to get offense from elsewhere. And that's just 
not what the strength of the rest of the team is. Like, you know, and I think, you know, it, this isn't like, you know, this isn't like you have, I don't know, like Houston, James Harden, you give him the ball and he dribbles the ball 20 times and then he either passes or takes a shot every single time, right? This isn't like Luka with Slovenia, you know, in, in the men's side of the Olympics. That's not the kind of player in the style that Kia plays, but at the same time, I th- she is clearly Canada's most uh, effective offensive player or most capable and, and her offense has not been there through the three games. Um, and, you know, the rest of the roster, it's like Bridget Carlton pl- makes great plays as a, as a supporting player, shows up in really tough defensive moments, gives you really good effort, dives on the floor, reads the play, unselfish, makes a couple of plays herself. She has a little bit of, you know, shot-making ability herself. She's made a couple of tough end ones, hit a corner three here or there. Like, it's good, but... That's not really going. What's going to carry you through unless you have like five Bridget Carltons? Which, if they had five Bridget Carltons, I think actually Canada would be probably undefeated in this tournament. She has been Canada's best player, and then it's really just like who else is the next person, right? We've seen sort of other players step up here and there, which comes to the, the nature of the game. I mean, especially if you're playing in a tournament style setting with you know countries from all over, they play different styles. You're going to have different advantages, different matchups, and you're going to need different players to step up. We've seen Canada's guards go off for 20. We've seen their centers go off for double doubles. Today, I mean, you know, it just yeah, it just wasn't it didn't it wasn't good enough, I think, from the rest of the supporting players. And I, that's not really a, a shame really. I think Spain is just a better team, but at the same time, um, you know, I think Canada will sort of rue Depending on what happens, in, you know, maybe they still make it through, or maybe they just forget about all this. But if they don't make it through the quarterfinals, which is most likely at this point, if they don't make it to the quarterfinals, I think Canada's going to look back on two things. Number one, that first game against Serbia where they lost, but they committed 20, they, they forced 28 turnovers in a 40 minute game. Again, I still can't wrap my big head around this. 28 turnovers in 40 minutes. With so many of them being live ball turnovers as well, how do you not win that game? Just off the strength of that alone. Just think about that. That's that's a turnover like uh, every minute and a half. Like you need to win that game just on math alone. But okay, that game didn't happen. Okay, and then this game, which you didn't really expect to win because Spain is definitely better. But at the same time, you have the game at six points in the fourth quarter three separate times and three separate times they were unable to execute defensively and then continue to execute offensively and that's such a shame because there was this game was there for the taking and or I guess there for the stealing really because I think Spain absolutely deserves the game it's just it was just disappointing so um we'll see hopefully Canada can you know get some help from elsewhere and, and make it through but um you know, I I, I I do wonder how they can fare against some of the tougher competition in, in the in the in the tournament because they haven't been that impressive. There's just to be, to be completely honest with you, the the women's team has not been that impressive so far. So serves your three stars in this game. I'm gonna give the first star here to Letitia Amma here. I thought she, her energy changed everything. The first few games, I was very unimpressed. It felt like she was running around out there missing layups, you know, it, it just didn't seem that good. And I, and I was, you know, especially in that Korea game where you compare what she did versus what, you know, the, the sort of steadiness that Kayla Alexander brought, um, night and day. But in this game, complete reverse of the situation. The matchup was a lot better with another more mobile player uh, as her matchup. But I thought Letitia was great. Her energy was great. I mean, she was a plus 12 in 17 minutes in a game where Canada lost by 20, or by 10. 
So that's clearly something that is that was working when she was on the floor. She was five of ten from the field, made some tough shots, you know, and ones creative. Like, you know, when the shot ball rotated out to her, she's not really a shot creator, but she put the ball on the floor at least once or twice there and got something out of it, which is you know above what is usually expected of her. Ten points, six rebounds, two offensive, forcing some turnovers, two steals as well. Uh, she she was excellent, uh, excellent player, and I think that you know I, I think if you're a coach the Midas, you might look back and think, damn, I probably should have played uh, Emma here a little bit more here instead of someone like Achamwa. Even though Achamwa is the more veteran option, uh, the minutes didn't really work out in that favor. Um, in terms of your second start, when you went to Bridget Carlton, I thought uh, she is just a really good player, two way player. Again, not someone that's going to take possession after possession for you, but I don't think anyone on Canada is like that. I really don't think that many players in the women's Olympic tournament is like that. Maybe someone Team USA, but uh, for the most part, like it's it's a team game every for everybody. So not everyone's going to have like a huge night. But Bridget Carlton consistently makes positive plays on both ends of the floor. You know, she'll come in and. And, 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 you know, what just her her energy on these traps where she would be the, the, the second defender coming over um, where Canada's trying to pressure the ball on the sideline. And then, you know, Bridget comes over on the last second, tries to pressure or she's fighting with, you know, bigger players on, on, on you know, in rotation because they're scrambling. There's some mismatches. She's a little shorter. Uh, but she's fighting against bigger players. She's will, you know willing to throw her weight around, be physical. And, um, you know, she makes good plays. And offensively, she just makes the plays that are there. Doesn't force it too much. Has an ability to create. But for the most part, it's taking the open looks. And she made a number of great plays here. Uh, you know, nine points, four assists here. Two steals uh, in 34 minutes. Really great effort as well. Again, she had a minus two rating in her 34 minutes. Which is, again... She was on the floor for a lot of good things that happened, even though she was also on the floor for when Canada started poorly in the first quarter and in the third quarter. Um, but she she was also instrumental in, in, in most of the good things that Canada did. So, uh, And then in terms of your third star, you know, I want to give it to Kia kind of because she, she was the leading scorer with 14 points and she made a couple of nice threes. But I, I think that her importance to this game needed to be higher than what she ultimately showed here. So I think I'm going to give it to Shania Bellington. And I know this is wild because she was literally 0 for 3 from the field and only made 3 or 4 from free throws. But um, her pressure, the energy that she brought, the fact that she drove and got a couple fouls on Spain's key players. um, You know, there's one possession where Spain was trying to bring the ball up and try to push the pace, you know, and try to beat the press by going fast. And Pellington was on the ball handler, pressured the ball handler from the half-court line, met her, you know, was on her hip. And the Spanish defender, the Spanish attacker just kept trying to drive, kept trying to drive. It's the right side of the floor. She drives all the way from the half-court line all the way to the baseline. Pelton's on her hip the entire time. And the Spanish player is still trying to turn the corner. She turns the corner, goes towards the rim. Pelton's with her at the rim. Then she comes all the way back out on the opposite side of the floor, above the three-point arc. Pelton's still there. That kind of pressure, that's the kind of pressure that Canada needed to play with. And maybe it was unrealistic to play that against a really good team for 40 full minutes, especially considering this is their third game in like six nights. It, it is exhausting playing this tournament. Um, but, I mean, I thought Pelton brought some great energy. And uh, I think that alone is enough to give you the third star here. So, not a great performance. In terms of your Gerald Henderson award winner, that has obviously has to go to Astor 
Endor, who for Spain, I mean, 9 of 11 from the field, including 9 of 10 from two-point range. Just an absurd night in terms of just her touch and finishing. Uh, made both her free throws, collected uh, 11 defensive rebounds, was a plus 18, uh, what, had three steals, two blocks, changed at least a number of plays, uh, drew two fouls as well. I mean, just a fantastic player and it just completely cooked Canada. Canada just could not deal with Endor either on the offensive glass, either on the, you know, rolls to the rim. Um, you know, just even post-ups, just nothing. Canada had nothing for the big. So it's disappointing this game. It really is. And, um, you know, I hope, I hope for some luck for Canada. I really do. Cause I really would like to see, uh, this women's team get another chance to play. I do think that at their best, they can really, you know, uh, upset some teams. They're really, they're not a favorite by any means, but they're definitely like an underdog that I think a lot of teams would be a little fearful to face. But at the same time, I also have to be honest, they haven't been good enough to really warrant that chance. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully they get to play. If not, uh, thanks everyone for listening. And um, yeah, in terms of the podcast, there will be more Raptors stuff, draft stuff. I got a very special guest coming up on Sunday uh, to speak about Scotty Barnes. And I know people are very excited about Scotty. Young Scotty in the streets of Toronto already, getting mobbed by fans already, single-handedly making people re-download Snapchat because uh, he's still on that. And um, yeah, so, you know, we'll, we'll be focused on the Raptors, but hopefully I would love to focus on Canada in their in their bid to get the, you know, Olympic medal or something like that because um, I think there is some quality here. There really is some quality. We, they haven't played their best game, and if they can, then they can really beat a lot of teams. Um, but so far they haven't played that well. So thanks everyone for listening, and uh, yeah, check back tomorrow for a uh, Scotty Barnes special. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.